When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. It's been a little bit, but obviously we've been celebrating our respective holidays as well with our loved ones and not so loved ones and friends and family and assorted people otherwise in our spheres. But we are here to record. It is Wednesday morning, just so you get a look inside of our process here. And my name is Dan Roselle and I'm joined by John Fisher as usual. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. Are you warm today? I am warm because I'm blasting the space heater in my room. Uh, I would not be warm if I stepped outside any time in the last week. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, and, and you would not be warm if you were performing like Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. So, you know, at one point. So when we went to the last podcast, we had uh, a five game losing streak to talk about, which was unfortunate. And that streak became longer against Carolina in a game that, again, resembled a lot of the other losses from the streak where the devils outshot their opponent by a significant margin margin and just didn't get the goaltending when they needed it they just you know i wouldn't say they dominated them in every aspect despite out shooting them two to one but man they had every reason and every right to win that game also and they just it didn't happen against a team that is likely the best team in their own division yeah, I would give Carolina a little more credit than that. I mean, they they picked on the Devils pretty early and yeah. picked up a lead. And so, therefore, it's common for teams that are losing to outshoot the other team by a large margin. That's what you expect. You're losing. You might as well, you know, take more chances, put more rubber on net. But uh, Vitek Vanacek did not have a particularly great game. PTR Kochetkov, who is, in my opinion, Dan, he's the best rookie in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, he's legitimately one of the top goaltenders in the league he basically has taken one of frederick anderson's or anti ranta's job in carolina right uh i know anderson i believe is still injured so when he comes back I, i'm going to expect carolina to trade a goaltender because kachetkov has been way too good to be sent back to their minor league team mm-hmm. um but yeah the devils effectively did get excuse me goalied in this one uh they had a brief bit of hope when jack hughes turned into the big deal and scored a goal to mm-hmm. deny kachetkov the shutout and uh, in the third period, because Vanacek was not so good, we got to see the return. Yeah. The re-debut of Mackenzie Blackwood in the third period. And he was pretty okay mm-hmm. until Stefan Nason scored a goal off his back from behind yeah. the net. But that's at, at that point, you're already losing 3-1. That just made it 4-1. It's more yeah. embarrassing than it is um, deflating. It, it wasn't why you lost the game. Well, first game, first period back coming in after, you know, an entire game of warmed up people it's it's something that if that mistake is going to happen you'd expect in a situation like that and not when it usually happened aka all the time but uh in the next game he you know like the duality of Mackenzie blackwood is really on display because when we went into this stretch um previewing the games ahead after the five game losing streak i said that i thought they'd win two of those games you said that you thought they'd win three 
so far, it, we're, there were one for three, but this game is one of the ones that I was thinking of when I said two, just because it was so it was so apt for them to get revenge for what had happened in New Jersey with the Panthers. And I understand that they're obviously upset about the, what had happened to Sasha Barkov, but Matthew Kachuk lost his mind yet again. And this time it didn't help his team win the game uh, because of Mackenzie Blackwood. I would say he, he took this game for the devils. He's he stepped up big when he needed to, and they needed to break that streak when they did, because going into Boston on that kind of losing streak and, or going to the games against Boston rather on that kind of losing streak. Yeah. They lost their first one against them, but it didn't, it didn't feel like a continuation of the old streak. It felt more like they just lost to the best team in the league. Yeah. So let's talk about that Florida game. So first and foremost, all signs were looking pretty bad. I mean, Florida, the Devils play, we're coming off a loss in Carolina the night before. Florida had the night off on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You had Mackenzie Blackwood starting, which is, as we'll talk about from the Boston game in a little bit, is not something you can rely on. Yeah. Consistency is not, he, he's consistently inconsistent, which is a bad trait for a goaltender. Mm-hmm. You open the game where Mr. Gritty, Mr. Energy, Mr. Ken Danico loves these two guys so much. I'm surprised they're not his ch- adopted children yet. Michael McLeod and Miles Wood energetically, you know, with moxie and and I'm trying to think of some old, old-timey words for this. Uh, gritty. Uh, Sandpaper. Sandpaper. Uh, toughness. Stood around like statues and watching um, Eric Stahl's score, score early in the game. Mm-hmm. And then worse, Zach Dalpe a fourth liner on uh, Florida collided with Ryan Graves in the corner off a turn. Their their legs kind of caught into each other. It was a pure accident. And Ryan Graves did not get up. He started to crawl towards the bench. Play had to stop. Yeah. Uh, the trainer came out, helped him off the ice. We don't know what exactly his injury was, but he did not return for the rest of that game, which mind you was already just five minutes, about five minutes old at this point. Well, and also not happening and in that game was the appearance of one John Marino who had gotten hurt against Carolina. <laughs> exactly. So now you're down not only a second pairing, but you're down to five defensemen. You're already down one, nothing. You lost your last six games. <laughs> you know, you're, you're in a tough spot. Yeah. Things you know, aren't looking but, good. No. And we would later learn that Marino is out week to week and Graves was announced uh, yesterday that he would mm-hmm. be out week for week. We don't know what exactly the injuries are or what exactly week to week means. I mean, in, in the land of the New Jersey Devils, that could mean two weeks. That could mean the rest of the season. I don't know. Neither do you. I Neither sure hope life. it's not the latter. I sure hope not. But nevertheless, uh, you know, the Devils did tie it up on a power play goal, which was very nice, very lovely from Jesper Bratt, who scored his first goal in six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesper Bratt was definitely not the best player in the NHL during this winless streak. He finally broke his uh, stride against that one. And then the Devils go down 2-1 to a power play goal where Sam Bennett pulls a sick move mm-hmm. on Brendan Smith and Dawson Mercer to set up E2 Luetzerainen for a shot that Blackwood maybe could have gotten, but for the most part, you can't be mad because Blackwood has made so many big saves on Matt Kachuk and others in the game that, um, you know, it's like, all right, you're only down two one. And and just like the Carolina game, I want to just point to this like aspect that was again, out of character, a lot of two on ones given up, a lot of odd man rushes, a lot of open Mm -hmm. play, you know, you're missing an entire second pair that makes sense, but let's not make it a habit. Correct. I mean, part of the problem, this is part of the systemic problem with Lindy Ruff's 
systems is that, you know, if you don't get that, if you lose possession too easily or you miss a pass or you turn it over on offense, you're liable to give up odd man rushes because you have a defenseman activating. So you effectively have four players in deep instead of three, mm-hmm. uh, which leads to those two on ones. Nevertheless, Blackwood has made the stops and the Devils came out in the third period like they were on fire. Yeah. And they actually made a third period comeback with Jesper Bratt scoring on a two on one where he did not pass to Jack Hughes. He he took it himself, which was absolutely the right option because he scored. And then several minutes later, Michael McLeod, who otherwise had a miserable game day, absolutely terrible. He was terrible in Carolina, terrible in Florida, but he made one good play. Mm-hmm. It was important because it set up Jonas Siegenthaler for a long shot that Mr. Jaeger Sharangovich, recent father, to tip in a mm-hmm. goal past Sergei Borowski. That's Sharon Govich's first goal in 10 games. Puts the Devils up 3-2. The Devils are holding on for dear life by the very end because Florida's throwing the kitchen sink forward. <laughs> Their body's flying everywhere. They're, they're yeah. in the corners. They're on the ice. They're, they, I don't even know what's happening at this point. And Thomas Tatar eventually finds a goal in all of that. Yeah, the crazy thing is that there was an empty net attempt I want to say by Heesher. I'm not super sure about that. Um, misses the net, but it's not icing, which is yep. good. They forecheck, which is yep. not normally something you do <laughs> with, when, an empty when, net. With, with an empty <laughs> net because, you know, hey, they got six men on the ice. You don't want to get caught up ice. But the Devils win those battles. Tatar gets knocked down to slide into ENG. And then Matt Kachuk decides, right, I had I, I didn't score a goal. I'm mad. My team is somehow not a playoff team, despite how talented we are and how good we are statistically. <laughs> yeah. And that is true for Florida. I legitimately don't understand how not how they're not more successful than they actually are. But they aren't. They decide, right, I'm going to go get my pound of flesh from Nico Heischer to the point where he's trying to fight through referees to get mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, didn't get a suspension for that. I'm actually surprised at that, considering yeah. he touched officials threw him around, but apparently, you know, you can touch officials these days, ask Michael Bunting, um, you know, and I guess you, you, there's some leeway for that, but uh-huh. his conducts were handed out. Devils got a power play. Nico was fine. Devils finally end their winning streak. Florida, you're not making the playoffs Four two. There you go. So important, important timing to end that losing streak that the Devils had had. Um, and again, as every other team is cresting some sort of wave, this break came at a pretty good time, I think. It feels like the momentum has reset in a lot of ways around the league um, based on you know results we saw yesterday coming out of the break, based on just general vibes around the team. But they needed this win to go into the next game with a clear head. And they did go in with a clear head. And they played well, but man, like just too many opportunities given up, too many goals given up that should have been should have been you know let me rephrase should have never have been opportunities in the first place we had a little bit uh, of an adventure in goal against boston and the devils ended up losing that game but like i said earlier it did not feel like the rest of the losses on the losing streak it felt like they lost to the best team in the league that sometimes has bounces go their way like puck stopping just short of the line two crossbars things like that the devils did everything they could and just happened to not get the result against boston the first time yeah this wasn't a case where linus olmark who by the way has been you know the best goaltender in hockey <laughs> um yeah. Like he has a five on five save percentage of 94.5, which is just bonkers. Um, 
this was somewhat analogous to the overtime loss to our hated rivals, where it wasn't like the Devils got goalied, but the Devils' own mistakes cost them the game. Mm-hmm. The first person is, of course, Mackenzie Blackwood. Now, Blackwood played a legitimately good game in Sunrise, Florida. He was a major reason why the Devils won that game. So logic was, let's give him the Boston game, which makes sense. He did yep. well, Dan. Why not? And for the first period, I would say the Devils played one of their best first periods of the whole season. They held Mm -hmm. Boston. Boston, who's legitimately a top five team on offense and five on five. A top five team on the power play. A top five team on the penalty kill. A top five team on defense. And oh yeah, they have the best goaltender in hockey. They're legitimately the best team in hockey now. Yeah, yeah. They held them to five shots while the Devils took something like 12 or 13. And led one nothing mm-hmm. thanks to a tic-tac-toe power play goal right off a draw to um to the big deal jack hughes so you're up one nothing you're feeling good and where second periods had been so good early on in the season especially during that 13 game win streak they have been disastrous recently so the second period as you alluded to you know the devils were the victims of allmark posts a clearance off the line in one case. Yeah. Offensively, they could have had some goals. Mm-hmm. I really do think that. And they were putting up shots to do so. The problem was the errors cost the Devils in their own end. Mm-hmm. So well, the first goal when you're again, missing your entire second pair. Let's just lead with that. It, it, yeah. It, it's tough when you're missing Marino and Graves, but it's also tough when you're helping Boston to score goals. Now, yes. the first one I'm going to is the one that I, I wouldn't blame anybody on. Patrice Bergeron wins the defensive zone faceoff. He's Patrice Bergeron. He's going to win them, you know? You can't really fault the faceoff taker for that. It's pass, shot, tip in, goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, 1-1. One, one. Not, not much you can do. The second goal against Dan. Mackenzie Blackwood, Blackwood might as well have received a secondary assist for this. Uh-huh. As he, he had the puck behind the net, decided, I'm going to rim this around to the guy wearing white, yellow, and black. Uh-huh. That by the way, everybody, that's famously not the devil's colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The de- yeah, the devils were at mm-hmm. home, so they were not wearing plus the devils don't have yellow. Mm. Um, this may shock you, Dan, but that led to a pass to the high slot, which passed it down low to David Pasternak, yeah, who got one shot and then put in his own rebound through Mackenzie Blackwood's legs Ugh. to make a two-one. And then shortly thereafter, now the devils were changing, mm-hmm. but for but it's a three-on-two rush. Jonas Siegenthaler, man who has defended Connor McDavid and and Jonathan Huberto and other mm-hmm. top tier players very well this season, decides I see Zach, Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak coming at me. Let me go towards the middle towards Zaka. <laughs> this gave Pasternak yeah. a top ten scorer in the league extra space to receive the pass. And even though Siegenthaler came across to try to block it, he was just too late. And Blackwood, for some inexplicable reason, went down early. Like, mm-hmm. he came out to try to cut off the angle, but he went down so much that Pasternak saw the far post corner and said, I'm David Pasternak. I'm going to get $10 million next year. I can hit this shot. And it's 3-1. He hit it, yeah. Easy And enough. then, and then, we're not done yet, Dan. Maybe the most enraging play. Well, actually, no, it's not the most raging. Blackwood's giveaway was the most raging. But this one was close because this was a team set of efforts. Oh, gosh. First, we, we get Damon Severson and Thomas Tatar to, to hit a Bruin by the Bruins bench high in the zone. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got the hit. You know, they got that physical play in there. You know, sandpaper, grit, tub, blah, blah, blah. Well, the puck still got down low, but normally that would have been fine because Kevin Ball was in a perfect position to receive the puck. Kevin Ball coughed it up to Brad Marchand behind mm-hmm. the net. Nico Heischer decides, I got to chase Brad Marchand behind the net. This allowed Jake DeBrusque to just hang, get, just go in front of Blackwood yep. and just hang out, you know, have a chat, yeah. eat a scone if he had one. Pop a goal uh, in. Yeah. And, and, and Brad Marchand, because he had steps on Heischer, because he's playing catch up, and, and Ball certainly was out of the play. Um, Marchand just curled around the net, pass shot score, and Severson and Tatar that could have filled in the slot to cover all this were just they just weren't there. So that was a team effort to make it for a four, one deficit ball did not see another shift after that uh, incident. Blackwood got pulled for Vitek Vanacek. And then amazingly, the devils went back to their first period mode and basically throttled the Bruins to try to make a comeback effort, which actually almost worked. Yeah. Well, uh, it was nice to see them fight back again. It, it, mm-hmm. again, Every single game, the one thing you can't take away from this team is that they will try. They have been trying and trying and trying every game, and they made a nice attempt to come back. Got it to 4-3. It's just a shame, man. You think back to the puck that stopped short on the line in that situation. You think back to all those moments where Blackwood doesn't have his adventure, and this is a winnable game. It's just, it's against Boston. It's a a completely different perception if they win that game. Yeah, I mean, remember, Boston at this point of the season has lost exactly six games. Like, this team has a goal differential of plus 50-something. Like, I cannot emphasize enough how good of a team Boston is. And that's part of the reason why, even though the Devils have secured a losing record for the month, they had the six-game winless streak, I'm not supremely concerned about the long-term of this season because Mm -hmm. it's not like the Devils Devils are, you know, shown up to be frauds or anything like that. Like they got goalied in half of their games of their winless streak. Yeah. They, you know, you know, they, they, they haven't lost. The only game they lost by three or more goals was the Dallas game. And that involved two empty netters. Like the devils aren't getting dominated as much as people want to claim that they are like they're in these games and hanging in these games and they're just not getting the results that they otherwise would have received maybe a month ago or, or two months ago. So I'm confident that going forward, as we enter January, the Devils, even though they're now in a position where they really do need to start winning games more regularly, they're in a position where I think that is absolutely possible. And it could start tonight. Yep. Tonight, then. It could start tonight. This game got flexed to TNT. Yeah. It's national television for the Devils as the – Devils are hosting a Boston team that actually lost last night in Ottawa. Yeah, and it would be, oh man, this would be a major, major win. This would be a big opportunity to make up for that losing effort, split the points with Boston, get two wins in these four games to start, which was already a pretty good feat, all things considered. And again, you have uh, a tough schedule coming up still. You have Pittsburgh, then you have Carolina. There's still some tough games left to go. This yeah. would be a really, really big win um, to keep pace with all the other teams around them. And again, um, a lot of teams lost yesterday. The Bruins lost yesterday, like you said. Um, Pittsburgh lost the Islanders, I think, right? Yeah, like 5-1. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of teams still getting back in the swing of things. This is the time to strike. I hope they practice. It seemed like it went well on YouTube, but again, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. 
But I hope that it gets them back in the swing of things. I hope that they can get back quickly and realize that, again, at the end of the day, Devils fans, uh, it's looking very likely that by New Year's, by 2023, the Devils will be in a playoff position. That's not something we've been able to say at New Year's Day these last couple of years. So let's appreciate that while we can uh, and make sure that they're still pushing the pace. They're understanding that, too. You know, they are. You know that they see the standings. They see that, hey, we had a nine point lead and then we just got to it's not even hold on at this point. We have to make it back to the top of the conference. We have to refocus the conversation because a six game losing streak undid a lot of the good that the 13 game win streak did. Not only that, but the devil, you know, the other teams around the devils have gotten hot and some of them are still hot. Like Pittsburgh finally lost a game. Our hate rivals finally lost a game, which is good. Washington has won five straight. Carolina has won nine straight. Yeah. And they have a, and they have a point streak. That's even longer than that. It's like their, their one loss of the last month or so was like a post-regulation loss. So you can't even sit here and say they have been, you know, they're not taking zeros in games. Like Carolina now has a six point lead on the devils. Um, and uh, but they're still not catching Boston because Boston is that far ahead of everyone else. Nevertheless, yeah. Dan, the point is, is that you're absolutely right. The Devils do need to um, we do need to appreciate this is a far better position than anything that we have talked about in the history of this podcast, which is legitimately true and also sad. But yep. at the same time, this is also why I wrote and I wrote this before Christmas was that, you know, I, I'm pleased with what Mr. Ruff and Mr. Fitzgerald have done because the devils are in this position and they're doing so legitimately. It's not like they're just writing hot goaltending or hot sticks to get there. That being said, the expectations are now different. You know, whatever I predicted before the season, which was sixth in the division yeah. um, and some marginal improvements, you know, I, I, I basically wrote, throw that away because yep. that doesn't apply anymore. Now the expectation is you damn well better make the playoffs. Otherwise people are getting fired. Yep. You can't put yourself in a position like this and then, coast your way to to uh irrelevancy um and that's why these next few games are very big in terms of re-establishing that this is a playoff team because you've got boston tonight you've got pittsburgh who finally cooled off you got them on friday then you host carolina on new year's day for mm -hmm. an afternoon at the rock on sunday and then shortly thereafter it gets dicier i would even argue because you get a back-to-back -back with Detroit and St. Louis later that week. You get our hated rivals on Saturday. And then you go on a five-game road trip where you're going to Carolina again. And then you're going to California for three games and four nights. You go to Seattle, who's definitely not a paper tiger. Mm -hmm. And then you end January with another four games in six days with Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Nashville, Dallas. Three of those teams are playoff teams. It ain't John Hines' squad. Yeah. And, you know... I would argue that, yeah, these aren't as division-heavy games like December was, but I would argue January schedule's tougher just because you got that long road trip in the middle there. Man, um, like, why Why does it feel like it's been so relentless recently? I don't get it. Well, unfortunately, that's the reality of an 82-game season. It, oh, there's not really a break, per se. Where's all the Columbus games? <laughs> well, the thing is, is, you know, I know one of the criticisms during the Devils' run was, oh, they didn't play anybody, which is oh, like, yeah. not really fair, because it's not like it, the Devils chose their schedule. It also wasn't true. Like It, it, it also it was wasn't because true. Because of like, the Devils that the schedule looked weaker. I don't know why. They beat the Oilers twice. They beat the Flames twice. Like, yes, their the opponent's schedules look easy. I mean, they, they look like they had an easier schedule because they kept beating the same opponents. It makes sense. Like, it's so not dumb. only that, but but I would also argue argument. that some, some some teams like 
you know, Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Buffalo, Detroit, like those are all teams that, yeah, they're not going to be playoff teams, but they're not scrubs either. Like these guys are well ahead of the Philadelphia's and the Columbus's in the East. Like And the Philadelphia that they lost to twice. Well, well, okay. That, that too. But I was, my point was <laughs> that, you know, the devils, you know, they also beat Washington five, one in this stretch. They yeah. beat their hated rivals 5-3 in this stretch. Like They, they had they, a three-game win streak in there that everyone see. Like, it didn't just go 13 wins to six losses. It went, thir- it went 13 wins, one loss, three more wins, and then the six-game losing streak. Um, Not quite, Dan. They went, they went 2-0-1. But the point is... All right, fine, point, whatever. But it's the point, so but close. But the point is... Nashville is that, was that loss, right? Yeah, it was an overtime loss. Okay, fine. But nevertheless... The point is, is that the Devils are put themselves in the position that they're in. You know, now it's now it's up to maintain that. And as I've pointed out regularly, you don't have to be a 70 percent point percentage team to do that. You don't have to be one of the best teams in hockey for the next four months. You just have to be average, Mm -hmm. be NHL average. And what that means is that you win some games every once, you know, every so often. That means if you can get out of this end of the year, if you can somehow we wiggle out wins against Boston and Pittsburgh, which are yeah. possible. That's the thing about the Devils. Oh, yeah. It's entirely possible. I'm not talking crazy when I say, yeah, the Devils can beat Boston tonight. They mm-hmm. can beat a Pittsburgh team. They might be able to beat Carolina on New Year's Day. Like these are all games that are entirely possible. There are very few games where I can look at on paper and say, yeah, I don't think the Devils are winning this one. Mm-hmm. Um which is a credit to how far they've come. But now that you've come this far, you got to finish the deal. You can't just Say we we came close and then fall out into sixth place like the Islanders. Like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So it, so the pressure in that sense is still there. And I would still say that Lindy Ruff, well, get the results, man, because you're the first man to go if it doesn't happen. <laughs> so the expectations have been set, and expectations keep getting reset for some of the Devils' prospects who are participating currently in the uh, World Junior Championship. And it's been pretty interesting so far. I mean, there's a lot of conversation every year around the World Junior Championship about certain teams that, you know, they're they're never really going to be able to compete with the big guys. They're never going to really be able to, um, you know, match up their programs. Like, yeah, they're better than the other teams that keep getting relegated and so on and so forth. But no, this tournament is looking to kind of change some of the norms. There's a lot of teams... It's looking like there's a lot more balance than in years past, at least through the first games and maybe part of the second string of games that have been played so far. But in terms of Devils prospects, we have a couple of Americans. We have a couple of what? No, sorry. One Slovakian. And then um, anyone Swiss this time? No, no, but the, so. but you're forgetting about the Czech machine, Peter oh, Hauser. Peter Hauser, yes, yes, yes. Who who tapped in probably the easiest goal he'll ever score against uh, Austria. Yeah. Well, so you know, like the, a lot the of point... the results have been uh, international hockey is kind of uh, not just arrived. It, I mean, it's been here a while, but it is getting established now. It is not a walk in the park for teams like Finland, Sweden, USA, no. Canada. Uh, Canada lost their first game. And people were not thrilled about it. Well, that's because they kept attempting Michigan's, which, by the way, Dan, why don't we call it the leg? It was done by Mike Leg. Just name it after him. Michigan University does not need more accolades. Why would you do that if you're not leading the game by like three? (laughs) Well, in any case, but yeah, but that's that's the thing about the World Junior Championships is that. It's a hard, hard tournament to really establish yourself if you're a lower nation like an Austria or a Germany or even a Slovakia. 
or well, I was always thinking about Latvia too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep in mind the ban on Russia and Belarus also play a role here. I think Russia would have kept one of Austria or Latvia out of this tournament. Yeah. And Austria, you know, they've only played two games and they have a goal differential of negative 20. So the, the challenge here is that once you get up to this tournament, it's an under 20 tournament. So the guys that got you there, well, they're not coming back because they aged out. Yeah. So now you got to rely on the next run of guys and um, they may not be as good. And that's always the problem for even countries like, as you said, Switzerland and even Germany, where they had some strong, you know, some good years of NHL prospects, yep. uh, NHL caliber prospects, but guess what? They age out or they make the NHL and therefore they don't get loaned back. Mm-hmm. And therefore you're going up against team countries that have more established systems of youth play, like the United States with their national team developmental program, Canada and its three junior nations, Sweden and Finland with their youth setups. Um, but you're right. Like early on, you know, the Czech game was a big surprise for, for Canada. Germany managed to, they lost their one game, but they, gave up one goal. So, you know, that, that helps them out a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, that alone may have punched their ticket to the medal round since you got to be, you know, you got to finish at least fourth out of five teams. Um, Latvia, you know, they got a very big point in their game. They almost beat the Swiss. Um, So yeah, it's early on interesting action. It's always fun action. It's actually being held in Moncton and Halifax. So the times to watch these games are not like ridiculous. So if you do have the NHL network or you have TSN, go watch some international hockey during the day. It's fun. It's good stuff. And you can focus on Topias Valen, who's been playing on the first pairing for Finland. So mm-hmm. that's very good for him. Simon Nemitz, who obviously is playing big minutes for Slovakia. He's their captain. Luke Hughes is the captain for America. Uh, Seamus Casey is an extra, so he'll only get into the lineup if there's an injury or some such. And of course, Peter Hauser tapping goal against Austria. You know, you can't ask for much better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so already there's some, you know, noticeable performances by the devil's prospects at this tournament. There's only one team that has more prospects at this tournament than the devils. Uh, that's Montreal with six. And there's a heap of teams that have like five players there. So it's, it's a credit to the system that they have five guys there. It's a credit to the fact that the devils were willing to loan out Nemitz uh, from Utica, it's bad timing because you would have thought maybe with Graves and Marino being out, mm-hmm. then it gets a shot. But I have a suspicion we might get to see that after January 3rd, January 4th, around that time frame. So uh, that works for me. I mean, that was my next question to you is, are we going to see some Simone Nemitz with the injuries? I guess so. But uh, it, it is nice to see another major devil's injury being resolved. Uh, Andre Pallott is back at practice, too. I mean, yeah, I cannot understate how big that is. Well, it's big because you know he was what he was the biggest signing Fitzgerald made. I know that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> and, it's and, a big deal. Like they, they haven't yeah. used the second biggest winger signing from the summer. By the way, uh, he's someone who fits this style seemingly to a T, and he's barely seen the ice. So we'll see what the offense is able to do. We'll see if that he has that finishing touch they've been looking for. I mean historically no but maybe i don't know who knows jonathan well, chichu put in 55 once who cares but <laughs> yeah but he also got a bajillion power plays to do it and joe thornton sending him up well yeah. no seriously Pilot would be <laughs> well Pilot would be a big upgrade over sticking eric halla yeah. on the top line or mm-hmm. if thomas tatar is having a tough time and plus one of the one of the more interesting and frustrating aspects of this winless streak is that ruff has went from rolling four lines to basically rolling three in most of these games. And well, one of those lines involves one, you know, 
Yeah, but rough. You put the lines together. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you put these players together, and the, and the sad thing is, okay, you don't trust Jesper Bokvist, or you don't trust Alexander Holtz, and you definitely don't trust Andreas Johnson mm-hmm. in the few games that he's appeared in. Yeah. So why is Dawson Mercer or Yegor Sharon Govich getting the short end of the stick here? Like in, in years past, you would just double shift Hughes or, or Heischer or Brat. So at least you get Sharon Govich or get Mercer some minutes because as, as Sharon Govich has demonstrated, he's not a scrub. Like he tipped in a goal against Florida. He scored a goal against Boston. In fact, like he may be yeah. heating up here. He's always been a bit of a streaky scorer, but he kills penalties. So we know he's not a complete, you know, one way player like a miles Wood. Mm-hmm. We know he has an offensive skill set, So he's not like Michael McLeod yet. I'm seeing games where those two players are getting four, five more minutes than Sharon Govich, which makes, Zero sense to me if you're down in games. Hmm. Ditto for Mercer. You know, you, you put him in this lineup. You know he has an offensive skill set. He can flourish and flash really well next to a Hughes or a Heischer. So why is Mercer getting the short end of the stick? Because you want to get Halla going or get someone else going. I don't get it. Oh, my point, my larger point <laughs> is, my larger point is that if you want to cut down some lines, give us less McLeod and less Wood because those two guys are not going to help you win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone cold. McLeod has definitely been awful the past couple games. He was terrible in the back-to-back in Carolina and Florida. His secondary assist notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys that should only get 10 minutes a night, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, but Ruff, you know, it's up to him, you know. And Palat coming back will at least give Ruff more of a reason to roll mo- four more lines, yeah. equalize the minutes, and I think – everybody benefits it is absolutely a a big development i think we'll see i want to predict that we'll probably see him next week we'll probably won't see him in this game or the pittsburgh game but i wouldn't be super shocked if he returns for the detroit game or the st louis game maybe our hated rivals on the seventh Mm -hmm. we'll see well it's just about options right like so when you think about the devils and if with the defenseman going down, you think about the pipeline, you think, okay, I know who the natural replacements are coming up. We knew Ball would be the first stop. I mean, everyone had some idea that Okutuk would come up. The Nemeth possibility is really nice. And now he, you know, Okutuk is up. Exactly. And I think that there's a very clear hierarchy. Like after the college season ends, Luke Hughes will be up. Like that's, that's the next ones that are coming up on the offensive side though. Who is it really? Well, it was Holtz. <laughs> okay, and, and now that we've it, it was seen both that, like, like, let's say we have uh, the current lineup as it is get hurt. The call-ups are what, Andreas Johnson? I mean, he's already up, right? Like, jo- sorry, Johnson. Andreas Johnson, he's already up. Like, who, who are the guys that they're calling up after that at that point? Because they're not younger prospect guys. They, they're just no. kind of like seasoned vets who will play the fourth line. Well, my first thought would probably be Graham Clark because he was recently named oh, the maybe. AHL Player of the Week. Like, That'd be he's nice. got 21 points in 25 games. He is a right winger, so if you're looking for a left winger or a center, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. In the past, they've called up Tyce Thompson and Nolan Foot. Yep. Um, Foot, I don't know if he'll ever have the speed, the foot speed to really keep up in the NHL. And Thompson oh. is one of those guys that's like, I guess he's a fourth liner, but like, are you, you excited know, about any of those? at all are you excited about any of those like because thinking about i'm kind of excited about clark i'd say yeah clark for sure but when i hear foot i hear thompson i'm like okay i've i've already kind of seen what's going on here with nemitz and ball and like 
it's kind of different on defense because you're not expecting to see production, but how do they mesh with what the Devils are trying to do here? Whereas on offense, you're going to call someone up because presumably you want them to produce things for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I think part of the issue is that the Devils have already mined the minor league system already yeah. in the sense that, you know, Zetterloon has been with the team all season, which he should be. He earned he earned his oh. spot. Well, there's some Absolutely. news, John, as we talk about this, because five minutes ago, oh. Graves and Marino have been placed on injured reserve, and they've called up Tice Thompson and Tyler Watherspoon. So yeah. Tyler Watherspoon, for everybody who doesn't know that name, because why would you? Yeah. Um, he was born in 1993, Dan, which mm-hmm. means... He's yeah. one year older than me. Well... Okay, that. But I was about to say is that he's 29. Yeah, he, he's not a prospect. He is. He is the definition. He like if you look at his career, he has bounced around between um, many different minor league teams. He was mostly with the Flames mm-hmm. uh, as he was drafted by the Flames. But he's played for San Antonio. He's played for Lee Valley, and he's been with Utica the past two seasons. He's the definition of I want a veteran for my AHL team. He wants an NHL contract. Sure. And because he has an NHL contract, that means he's eligible for call-ups. And I'm presuming they want a veteran who never has cracked into the NHL lineup to, I guess, go with the team. Ride the pine. Maybe he fights occasionally and they know they're playing in the Hurricanes. I don't don't know. No, he's not. No, no, he's not a fighter. He he has walked in 12 penalty minutes in the AHL. I know nothing about this man, obviously. Who does? Right. I think he had a cup of coffee with the Devils last season. He did. I remember him being. I remember when they signed him. I remember him being like. You know what? Let me use a football term. He's a guy. He is a guy. guy. He is just a guy. Yeah. You might like the guy. Nice guy. Yeah. But a guy. You know, at least with if you called up Walsh, you would sit there and go, okay, he's got some offensive skills. He might have. He might have some, somewhat of a future. But I'm. I'm going to presume that uh, with Nemitz hanging out in uh the maritimes right now mm-hmm. with, the, with the slovakians that rough wants somebody more quote-unquote reliable yes um than relying on ball or a cut yoke and i will say that ball does need to ball in particular and a cut yoke too but ball in particular they do need he it's in his best interest to play well the next couple games because once nebitz comes back mm-hmm. it's very easy to take take one out and put back in nebitz it's yeah. really easy for the Devils to do that, to call up Simon and say, you're not going back to upstate New York. You're coming to Newark. Right. Uh, you know, get your sticks, get your uh, get your gear. You know, you're heading you're heading to the rock. Um, I, I would think that's the play here. But uh, the fact that they're calling up, they called up Watherspoon makes me think this is just sort of like a fill in extra kind of guy. And as far as Thompson is concerned, I think they just want a fourth liner. They, they don't mm-hmm. want to give Graham Clark his uh, flowers. And uh, give him an opportunity, which I think is a bit sad considering, you know, he's leading the team in scoring. He just got AHL player of the week. He's hot right now. Yeah. If there's a time to try out Graham Clark, it's probably now. But sure, Tyce Thompson for a handful of minutes because you don't trust Johnson or Holtz. Whatever. It is what it is. Hopefully the injured <laughs> guys come back sooner rather than later. But uh, yes. from my end, that's what I got today. Anything else from you? Dan, I, I have a question for you. Here's a question. Would oh. you call Jack Hughes yeah. a goal scorer? I would. You are correct. You know why? Why? He scores goals. He scores a he lot has, of goals. He has 18 goals in 34 games. He's put this in pers- for, what, 30, 
uh, 34 games, you said. So that's what a uh, 30-ish, 32-goal pace. So assuming. No, more than that. It's much more than that, Dan. Let's it's, say he it's plays like 40. It's 43.4. So, you know, if you want to round up or round down, be my guess. But it, presuming he keeps up his current pace of scoring and he plays all 82 games, he's a 40-goal scorer. Jack Hughes is currently tied for 14th in the entire NHL in goal scoring. Mm-hmm. And the majority of those goals are at even strength. So one, if you get your power play going, you can get even more goals out of Jack Hughes, which is a tantalizing uh, possibility. Mm-hmm. And, and two, it, it just further confirms that he is indeed the big deal. He scores goals. He makes plays. He drives the puck. Have he the drives devils? the offense. He Have... is him, as the kids would say. How many 40 goal scorers have the Devils had? One? Well, give me a moment and I shall tell you. <laughs> because even in the MVP year, I'm pretty sure Taylor Hall got to 39. He he did fall short, I believe. So let me give me a moment here. You might have to cut this part out. I think the only one is Gianta and or Parisi, no, right? No, 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 no. There's been a couple guys who've done it. 40? So 40 in a as season. As a devil? So yeah, as a devil. Give me a moment. I'm okay. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get gonna get it. Let me turn off some results here. All right. In the history of the New Jersey Devils, there have been nine seasons of of 40 goals scored by a singular player or more. Gianta is the franchise leader with 48. Mm -hmm. Pat Verbeek in 87-88 was the previous franchise leader with 46. Parisi got 45 in 2008-2009. John McClain got 45 in 1990-91. Alexander McGildy uh, in 2000-2001 got 43. John McClain also hit the 40 mark two other times in 88-89 and 88-90 with 42 and 41 respectively. Mr. Claude Lemieux scored 41 in 91-92. And Patrick Eliash scored exactly 40 in 2000-2001. So and let's just right. say it doesn't happen often. It hasn't no. happened recently. Nope. Uh, so this would be a big deal. It's an important company to keep. It is the, I mean, the franchise keeping company with a lot of major names in the franchise. That's what you wanted when you drafted him first overall. So not only that, not only that, you notice the names I didn't mention. I didn't mention a Stefan Richet. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention Kirk Muller. I didn't mention Ilya Kovalchuk. I didn't mention Jason Arnott or Peter Sikora. I did not Taylor mention... Hall. Taylor Hall, who fell just short of that mark. Mm -hmm. The Devils have had, I didn't mention Kyle Palmieri, even though I don't think anybody honestly expected Palmieri to get to 40. He did get to 30 once. Um, The point is, is that he's the big deal. Accept him. Acknowledge him. I think think that's mostly happening. But if it's not happening, then people can uh, read your upcoming article about it and uh, get educated about why the big deal is truly well and truly and has been for a while the big deal that the devils have been looking for uh, i've got not much else beyond that i'm just happy that we're finally acknowledging the goal scoring prowess of the big deal yeah he doesn't need a sniper dan he might actually need a playmaker mm-hmm. give feed this man some pucks <laughs> you know eric Halla works hard out there dan he's see eric Halla is basically the definition of a box-to-box midfielder from soccer where yeah. his value is basically helping out in all three zones, chipping away at pucks, winning battles, face-offs, it, it, you know, making moves that help other guys get space and, and make plays like a Hughes or a Jesper Bratt or Dawson Mercer and so forth. 
Of course, the problem that like both box to box midfielders is that their offensive skills are suspect. So if you get Palat to come back, who's Mm -hmm. a better player than Eric Halla, we could see even more. We could see more from Jack Hughes, Dan. I think that's, I think that's an exciting proposition and it's a proposition that will also help the devils win more games and continue to be a playoff team because they are a playoff team right now. Unlike the Trump stains in sunrise, Florida, that are called the Panthers. All right. So uh, with one last Dis towards the Panthers. We're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And let's go Devils. Let's see if they can start winning games again and go into this tough January stretch real strong. Go Devils. Have a good day, everyone.